Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, friends. Welcome to my basement. This is Kyle Brandt's Basement, just like the sign says. That's the Ultimate Warrior, my co-host. I'm here. I'm ready to talk to you about all kinds of things. We got to talk Mahomes. We got to talk Aaron Rodgers. Oh, the Jets, the Giants, anything you could possibly imagine. There's big, big breaking Rob Schneider news. We got to get to that. Making copies in the basement. The Basementator. That is an early '90s Saturday Night Live reference, and lots of things to get to. We're gonna do takes on takes. I think we got Michael Irvin versus Colin Coward. All kinds of fun toys, candy down here in the basement. That's what basements are about. Sipping beers, playing video games, watching movies. Let's get off to a quick start here. Let me first shoot my free throw. Go to the sky cam. See if I got this buttery touch. Come on now. Line it up. Line it up. Line it up. Bend the knees just over the front of the rim. And... Yes! Oh, yeah, Marv! Can you give me something? <laughs> Bang! Still a little working out with the buttons, but that was a buttery shot. Give me his name again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's what I love. Here's what I hate. And here is what's hilarious. Let's go. I love watching Aaron Rodgers right now. Now, hold on. We've done that for a long time. It's been all over the place. Last few years have certainly been unique off the field, on the field, but I love watching him on the field right now. It is great theater, personal theater, athletic theater. Um, We've said for years that he makes the game look easy. It's almost over the last few years, it's like he's mastered the game. You gotta, I have to put down this guitar because I'm too good at it. I've mastered it. I'm Yingwei Mountain, I'm Eddie Van Halen. I've mastered it. It feels like he mastered the game. He makes it look easy. You watch the Packers right now, it's really hard for him. And I don't mean he's suffering or struggling or sucking or anything like that, but man, he is working so hard. He's working hard to move the chains. He's working hard to stay focused. He's working hard to take deep breaths and not freak out on the sideline or in the game. It it is really interesting because I think it is a, a study in restraint. And I like this Aaron Rodgers. It's fun to watch. It's like a new deal. Um, I said this this morning, I was talking about this, that he's so unique as a person and as an athlete that I try to, especially with what I do for a living, I try to find ways to relate to him in any way that I possibly can. And the only thing I got going right now, watching Aaron Rodgers in 2022 out there with guys named Romeo and Watson and his other dudes he's been with for a while is, you know, I coach flag football and I coach kids who are seven, kids who are eight. And I cannot begin to tell you the frustration and the challenge in poise and patience in getting in a huddle with little kids like that in offense when it's assignment-based, when it's position-based and timing-based. I mean, it's, it's hard. So in my huddle, much like Aaron Rodgers, you know, I got a couple kids who I can just count on them. If I tell them to do this, they're going to line up and they're going to do it and they're going to come back and ask me what I do next. He has that too. He's got his cob. And he's got his Lazard, and he's got those guys. But then also in the huddle, I got four, five, six other kids who I don't know what they're going to do. They're young, they're eager, they're trying to learn, and they want to make plays, just like Rogers' other teammates do. But I can't count on them. I don't, I don't know. And there'll be times when I'll say, all right, guys, we're going to run left, all right? Look at me, look at me. I'm not going to use the real name. Billy would run left, right? And Billy goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we break the huddle and run left, run left. And that you can you can be on the field with him at that age. So I walk up to him with the center. I say, all right, run left, right? Left is going to be that way. And I physically point to the left behind my back. Run left, got it. He says, hike. You give him the ball, runs right. I, I can't even begin to tell you, part of you just dies inside because he runs right. And the other kids are all running left. And you go, oh, Billy left. And by that point, rip his flag out. It's over. But you just say, all right, huddle up. Back in the huddle, let's try it again. And that I feel that is the only way I can actually identify at all with what Rodgers does because he's so good and so smart and so surgical. And you know these guys, even probably the Lazards, frankly, aren't really doing it perfectly. And this is this guy who is a brilliant, genius, sort of Beethoven of football. Even if you can't stand Rodgers, the fact that is there. He's won the MVP four times in two years in a row. So I love watching him try to stay composed because the best part is these networks have it down they're like listen every packers game really has 
two plays every play. There's the actual play where he throws it or hands it off, and then there's the real meet where the second the play is over, you just go like this. And this is your Rodgers cam right here, and it's this close in his face, and here he is on Fox, and you get every follicle, every pore, every little muscle twitch whatsoever, every play to see what his reaction is. Does he raise an eyebrow? Does he shake his head ever so slightly? Does he say something? What did he say? Is it easy to... It's amazing. They go to it every time. It could be a run to Aaron Jones off left tackle against three yards, and they'll go to Roger's face. It's, it is the show within the show, and I enjoy seeing it because, you know, he's he got caught swearing at his center. He was trying to catch him off, guards and, off guard, and on, on CBS, it was... And then he goes, who snapped the bleeping ball? And you could hear it. And Romo heard it, and Romo jumps in, and, oh, Rodgers said snap the ball. But I just can't. I've had those snap the bleeping ball moments. And you have at your job, and whatever you have. Maybe it's a new hire. Maybe it's an intern. Maybe it's, it, it's just in this tiny way relatable to you're doing a job or a task, and there's other people that you are dependent on to do it who are not able to do it up to your level. And I really like it. There's no Devontae out there. We have seen the Rodgers for years it just goes, all right, who are we playing tonight? Bears, Lions, whoever. Here's my flamethrower. And it's four touchdowns, and they win by 20 points, and he does his little pithy interview afterwards and does his little Rodgers smile. And that Rodgers is great, and it's four MVPs. I like this one that is like, it is taking every fiber of my being not to burn this place to the ground. And I'm these guys are rushing me into retirement. You try to play with Romeo Dobbs. He's a nice young kid. He's, he's my guy out there. I'm throwing two on third and goal. It's awesome. And the Packers have set him up for like that because they're like, yeah, we're not going to draft you squat, dude. <laughs> you can do it by yourself. So uh, yesterday, he goes against the, the Belichick, the Patriots, and he throws a pick six, Rodgers does. He throws a pick six to a rookie. Now, this was talked about on the broadcast a little bit, but you haven't caught this. I think Rodgers is the best to ever play the position. Now, greatest is a whole different thing, and it's accomplishments and Super Bowls, and it's Brady and Montana and all that. I mean purely the best at the position in most talented, uh, best performances, doesn't matter, Super Bowl, playoff, whatever, just regular season, you know, fine. Marino, those kind of guys, Peyton Man, Roger I think is the best ever. And if you were to go to court and try to make the case of why he is the best ever, one of the first things that would bring up is Rodgers has thrown over 7,000 passes in the NFL. Let's say, I think it's about 7,200, something like that. 7,200 times he has thrown a pass, and four times out of 7,200, it has been intercepted and run back for a touchdown. It was three before yesterday. Then this rookie for the Patriots got him, and now it is four. And it is it is like a world event when Rodgers throws a pick six. Never mind Aaron Judge. We should break into other coverage, be like breaking. Rodgers has thrown a pass that was so ill-advised or someone messed up so badly he was intercepted and run back for a touchdown. We should break into Aaron Judge at bats with Aaron Rodgers' pick sixes. Let me put this into perspective. This is why I love watching him right now. Aaron Rodgers has thrown four pick sixes, interceptions returned for a touchdown in his career, whole career. Do you know how many Brett Favre has thrown? Brett Favre threw 32 of them. 32. All right, so Favre is like the ultimate chucker. Maybe that's not so surprising. Peyton Manning, guy who runs this place, the ultimate General, this is the smartest, most cerebral quarterback ever. 27 times he was thrown for interception and return for a touchdown. Drew Brees, precise passer, scrappy as hell, undersized, but just a brilliant engineer of the modern offense. Also 27. Remember, Rodgers, 4, 27. Tom Brady, greatest of all time, never makes huge mistakes. 18. Now, considerably less, but 18 to 4. Here's my favorite part. There's guys who have thrown the same amount, four. Baker Mayfield's already done it, and he's in his fifth year. He's already thrown four. Justin Herbert, the prince who was promised, the the next great quarterback, he's already done four, and he's in his third year. Kyler Murray, who's maybe the best athlete in the NFL right now, has thrown more than Rodgers, and he's in year four. So that is my case. It is so fascinating to watch him, and he did it yesterday. Lazard fell down. I don't know if it was Lazard's fault. It looked like it was Rodgers' fault either way. But... He is so good, and he is so, (laughs) he has these little lapses in patience, and it's almost, there's a parenthood comparison, or maybe you're a teacher, or a coach, as in my comparison, where you may be the best teacher, best coach, best anything, there's going to be times when you're, and you swear, 
or you lash out, and that's what we're looking at every single week with Rodgers. He had this quote after the game. He's like, winning this way is not going to be sustainable. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to be sustainable. Will he ever have a full-on meltdown, like in the locker room or on the sideline or in the post game, where he just starts calling people out? It's amazing. And this is the guy, look, he resorted to some very unique uh, off-season strategies, and maybe you understand why. Maybe I'd be drinking that tea too. I really would be. But man, you can't miss Rodgers' games right now. Never mind great Rodgers, five touchdowns. I like this Rodgers, like kindergarten cop Rodgers sitting there with these kids barking at him, and he just finally loses it. I absolutely love Rodgers right now. What do I hate? Let's find out. All right, it's not enough to have an opinion these days. You got to push the envelope. You got to piss some people off. You got to blow some hair back. You got to risk cancellation. I'm going to do just that right now. Let me think about how I... I hate where we are with the gritty. I, I'm, I'm ready to move on from the dance. I hate the gritty world domination. I hate the omnipresent factor of the gritty almost the monopoly on the gritty. I hate the state of the gritty. I hate saying the gritty. I hate that I'm talking about the gritty on the show right now. I can't get away from the bleeping thing though. Here's the deal. You've seen the dance. Everybody does it. I'm not going to degrade myself by doing it on camera right now. I'd be probably the only person in the whole world who isn't doing it on camera. Uh, A fun guy comes along, a fun new player, young player, Justin Jefferson, and a fun new dance comes along. And they do it, and it hits, and he's great, and it's, the Gritty has a lot going for it. It's, it's got this catchy name. It's not terribly difficult to do. You know, it's not the moonwalk or something where no one can do. Even if you do a bad version of it, you can kind of do a half-assed Gritty. And my problem with it is not that it came along as a dance craze. I'm here for a dance craze. It's time to go away. It, Justin Jefferson came to the league and started doing it in 2020. We're now 2021, 2022. Everybody has to do the bleak and gritty when they score. The new doing the gritty when you score, it should be not doing the gritty. That is considered like anti-establishment fun. What do you mean? He didn't do the gritty? Doesn't everybody have to do it? Zach Wilson catches a touchdown as a quarterback. The first time in Jets history that's ever happened. That thing wasn't even in his hands and he is dropping it and spinning it so he could do that thing. And this isn't a shouting on a cloud thing. Shouting at a cloud. I like the gritty as what it represents. I like a dance craze. It's just time to move on now. The whole essence of a craze is that it burns really hot and then goes away. Let's just look at the recent history, okay? The the Macarena, Los Del Rio. You do this, you do this, everybody's doing it. It gets to the point where Hillary and Bill are doing it at the Democratic National Convention, which is an incredible piece of video you should look up. And then it goes away. And then it's done. I remember when everybody in the NFL was doing the Soldier Boy. Devin Hester is sitting back there in Soldier Field, waiting to return a punch. Just zoom, he's doing all that stuff. It's fine. It's really fun. The fans do it. Go away. You're out of here. You're out of here. The 2015 Panthers. Dab. That's not a dance, but it's a little thing. And it was out of nowhere, and Cam started doing it, and kids would do it, and people on the internet would do it. It has its moment. It's fun. Goodbye. Next, next, next exit, stage left. You want another one? Remember, I can't really do it, of course, but this thing, the floss burned hot. You were nobody unless you were doing that floss thing. I love how you just remove the graphics. You see my dumb ass trying to do the bad floss. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Gone. There was a kid doing it at the Super Bowl halftime. Players doing it all the time. It was awesome. And then it's, it doesn't have a three-season run like the Gritty has. It's time. It's too much. We're we're burning too hot. It's like this celebrity that you see everywhere. It's like, can we go on to the next thing now, maybe? Because I I just don't. And the the problem is with sports media is that like, you have to. How many segments and wacky shows like this one or my one in the morning, whatever, where it's like, oh look, here's a guy who's going to do the gritty, who's kind of not that coordinated and looks ridiculous, but let's get up and do it and have a laugh. I mean, wasn't Adam Schefter doing it on Monday Night Football? Was that a year ago or two years ago when he did it? And I think he injured himself? Like, that was a long time ago. We, we were in London last week in morning football, and Schrager gets up, and he does it, and he's doing it. And, you know, he, he makes a fool of himself, to his credit, and 
have, you know, shock of the world. Jason McCourty gets up and does it much better. And they're like, Kyle, get up and do the gritty. And I'm like, I'm not doing the bleeping gritty. I'm sick of it. It's been going on for years. I'm tired of it. We need a new dance. And I don't like the whole idea. I don't like a universal touchdown celebration. The idea is the individuality is that this guy scores. This guy scores. What is he going to do? What is he into? What does he want to pay homage to? What does he want to reference? What movie? What song? Whatever. Now it is just standard issue. What version of the gritty are we going to do? We got the Mike Kosicki, the white gritty. Ha ha, he's a white guy. It was awkward. It was funny. Everyone had a laugh about that. And then the Justin Jefferson. It was the OG gritty. It hit to Zach Wilson. Wow, he actually does it pretty well. That's surprising. We've all had them. Had them all. I'm just tired of it. It, it was once fun. It was like, you know, we, we have our mannequin challenge and our flash mob and all that stuff. It's time. It's time to move on. Because at this point, like, we're going to turn into Thursday Night Football. Al Michaels is going to be doing the gritty up in the booth in his loafers and his blazer. I don't need to see that. Are we going to get to the Super Bowl in Arizona and they're going to be more gritty in? Is Rihanna going to do the gritty? I don't know. I feel like I'm spitting in the wind right here. Be like, oh, the gritty's fun. It is fun. It's had its run. Give me something new. There are many things to do with the human body that involves some sort of dance. Can we move on? Am I the only one here? I, I, please tweet me if you're like, yeah, shut up, you know. You're a grouch. You're a negative. I, I, I liked it for years. Tweet the show at KB Basin. Can we move on? When you, when you turn on your favorite show, whatever it may be, and like, here's the thing. I'm going long today. I don't care. I got a lot to say. We get these highlights every Monday from, that the NFL makes for every single game. And it is the, this game, this game, and they hand them out, and we're going to run the, the, the Steelers-Jets highlight, and then we're going to run Patriots-Packers. If anybody, and they, they, we don't have editorial choice what they do. Someone at the NFL chooses, like, these are the plays to include, and these are the shots on the sideline, these are the fan shots, whatever. They edit them, and we just show up in the morning and do them. If anybody does the gritty at any point, from the time the players arrive to the stadium to the time the team bus leaves after the game, that is part of the highlight. It is all gritty all the time. You have to have it on there. And it's just a little much. I, I, I'm, I think I'm ready to move on. If you are someone who's like, man, Brant's crazy. I need more gritty in my life. Fine. Maybe I'm wrong. But I've watched this. I've seen it. I'm ready for something new. That's it. What's hilarious? Let's find out. All right, so cool scene in Philadelphia. The Eagles are 4-0. They're the best team in the league. They've, they've been great. Jalen Hurts looks fantastic. And a couple things. So the Jaguars come to town, and they're a surprising 2-1, and one, and they're playing good ball under Doug Peterson. There was this question of how would Eagles fans react to Doug Peterson. You know, we saw in week one, Seattle fans booed the crap out of Russell Wilson, which I thought was funny. But Eagles fans, standing ovation, super classy, super cool. Doug Peterson waving to them. You know, only coach ever to win a Super Bowl for them. He has a statue outside. So it wasn't just that. And then the Jags show up and they play really well. They take a 14-0 lead and then the Eagles just had the horses and ran over them. But after the game, Doug Peterson's down on the field and he's just all these ex-players, the guys we went to the mountaintop with, the guys they won the Super Bowl with, the Kelseys and Lane Johnsons, all those dudes. They're hugging and they're talking it out. And there was something fascinating that happened with Jason Kelsey, the star, like the, the heart and soul of the Eagles team, the, the center. He's on video and uh, there's a pic of it there. So, you know, they do the jersey exchange. And, and you know, the, the star wideouts or quarterbacks will change the, exchange the jerseys and hold it up. He asked for uh, Doug Peterson's jacket. So it's a crappy rainy day in Philadelphia. And Doug Peterson's got this big Parker raincoat looking thing. And Kelsey said, can I have your jacket? As if he was taking, I don't know, like the jersey from Quentin Nelson when they play the Colts. It was just kind of cool. So it was like, I love you so much and hug. Like, I want to take this. And it's, I, could, I can only imagine that Kelsey is going to take Doug Peterson's jacket and maybe have it framed as he would players' jerseys in his home office or basement or, you know, however they do. They got all those frames. I just thought it was a cool moment, a cool gesture. It's not as if Doug Peterson is renowned for his parka or something, as far as I know, but maybe that's special significance to Jason Kelsey. So I like that moment. It was original, and it was poignant, and it was really cool how much they love him. But it begs the question, my friends, and this is where you come in. Uh, if you could go in the league right now, say you were an NFL player, and you could schedule any team you want, go up against any head coach you want for the postgame, or if you had a time machine and you could go all through history, 
which coaches, which piece of a head coach's ensemble would you say, hey, coach, it would mean a lot if I could have that. That would just, that would be really special. And you could take that and it's, it's emblematic of that coach. And I mean, the answers are just flying in. Jacob Bringer Krinerit, he says, Tom Landry's hat. So we're just going to start, we're going to set a tone here in this bit of class, of dignity, of a razor sharp, uh, what's it called, a, a derby hat, uh, with, like just with a, uh, not a derby hat, a, I don't know, what the fedora, and like a you know, crisp suit, and a straight tie and a tie bar, Tom Landry all class. Personally, I wouldn't class it up that much, I would go with Bum Phillips hat. All right, so here we go. This guy, Tyler S., says Vince Lombardi's fedora. I, I hear you. I see it. I would go with Vince Lombardi's. He has that, like, camel coat that, like, all the way, like, uh, down to the full length, full body length camel coat. What the heck's going on out here? I'd go with that. David Fowler. He says, Marv Levy's sweater vest. God, I'm so glad you, put, you used the S word. In this case, sweater. So many sweaters. So many sweater vests to be had here. Marv Levy's sweater vest would be excellent. Next, what would you take? Jason Kelsey, why is my wife calling me? She knows I'm in the middle of the show. I love you, honey. If she calls again, then it's an emergency, and then I have to answer. I really hope she doesn't call again. I just sent her a voicemail. It probably won't go well. But I'm talking about Hank Stram's blazer, my dear. Hank Stram's Kansas City blazer. This is probably the best answer. Listen, the, the tweeter says, Chase Samuel, I would put it on and matriculate around town. See, that's great. No one uses the verb matriculate like Hank Stram. In fact, it probably should have been retired. Now we're talking. That's my man. That's Bum Phillips. His coat. I mean, you, Bum Phillips head to toe. I'm pretty sure he's got some boots on. I would take his socks. I bet he's got some big ass boxers underneath. The whole thing. The coat, the hat. That's an NFL coach right there. And then Dicka's Sweet Shades from Eric91. Dicka's Sweet Shades, magnificent. I, Dicka is the only other guy who might qualify from head to toe souvenir. His aviator shades were fantastic. Hold on a sec with this stupid Matt Patricia's joke. Can I vamp? Uh, can I vamp on Mike Dicka for one hot minute? Um, Matt Patricia's pencil. Thank you. Uh, Dicka's first team all sweater vest too. He wore a Bears sweater vest. He also wore a huge parka. He would go toothpick sometimes. He would always chew gum. In fact, one time he was off the field and someone was booing him and he threw the gum at a lady who threatened to sue him. That gum could probably be up for auction right now. The glasses, the sweater vest, all Dicka. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Now, what if someone wants to crack wise about a more contemporary coach who didn't work out for the Detroit Lions? Do we have any tweets about that? What would they do? Ah, there it is. Connor Bennett. A laugh a minute, Connor Bennett says, Matt Patricia's pencil. Now, are you being facetious because he did not work out as a head coach in Detroit, or are you a Pats fan? The pencil is pretty signature. It is. And I wonder if there's bites in that thing. Matt Patricia's pencil is an interesting one. Um, one more. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Andrew says, this sweatshirt from Belichick. And that is the, the moth-eaten uh, sweatshirt that Belichick wore in his look that I always refer to as hostage chic like that is if you're wearing that garment you're usually holding up today's newspaper to prove what date it is and uh in fact or you're the new england head coach i wore that exact sweatshirt i had it made for halloween about three years ago on the air that is a classic sweatshirt but i actually already have it so what did we miss i mean there's there's so 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 many so many um bum phillips i think are the headliners you know what i would have gone with too hey uh joe gibbs can I have your gigantic jumbo eyeglasses that looked like Harry Carey's without the black rims? He wore a great sweater, too. Um, but the Joe Gibbs glasses, each lens was the size of a dinner plate. I don't even know how he got that on his face, but he won Super Bowls with it, so that's Joe Gibbs. I would ask Coach Gibbs for that. But that's it. If you, if you want more, you're like, hey, you didn't read this one, or I thought of another one after the show. Just tweet me. I'll read it. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, that's a, that's a what's hilarious. You know what we're going to do now? Speaking of hilarious, takes on takes. Go ahead. Lions, tigers, and tailgates. Oh, my. College football season is always the greatest time of the year. You put on a jersey, get your face painted, break out the foam finger, but it's all about the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich smoked sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, 
Eckrich Smoked Sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich, you do you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Important update. Uh, my wife did not call back two times. She did not call immediately back if I sent her a voicemail, which means she's not headed to the emergency rooms. Probably just needs to talk about, uh, you know, pick up from ballet or something. But uh, so we'll find out. That's good news. In the meantime, takes on takes. That's exactly when I have these. These are numbers really well made at the local, I think it was FedEx Kinko's. And I'm going to play some takes from my, some of my fellow uh, provocateurs. And then I'm going to rate them. And I'm going to say, ooh, ooh, that is, that is, that is, that's okay. That's a six. I'll give you a six. But that, my friend, that is an eight. I think the highest we had was a nine. I think I gave Steve and I a nine, Steve and A, a nine at some point last week. Let's find out what we got today. Uh, say again. What was that? Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. I thought Stephen A looked into camera at some point. Never mind. He'll be back. Okay. Um, first in. You want to see who's in? Ring the bell. We have... Oh, man. We're going to start with Coward? <laughs> All right. Uh, the Colin Coward podcast, we head to the volume. We're Colin. Let me see. Am I feeling good about Colin? It, it, this, this is a great time of year for him. He's always got thoughts. Let's see if he has a metaphor. In this case, he's got some thoughts on the Denver Broncos. Remember, they just lost to the Raiders. Let's hear what Colin has on the Denver Broncos. Go ahead. When Russell Wilson was in Seattle, he was frustrated with a constant conservative coaching of Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was competent, as you're seeing this year with Geno Smith. Um, Nathaniel Hackett is not. His dad took the USC job years ago, and the Pac-12, Pac-10 at the time, was not any better than it is today, and he finished 10th at USC, Paul Hackett. Uh, And I remember those teams, uncreative, uninspiring, vanilla offenses. His son is not a head coach in the NFL. The defense is regressing. They're situationally awful, completely uncreative. Um, They don't manipulate personnel. You don't see a lot of different looks, unique motions. This is a highly predictable Denver offense. And I think Russell Wilson and his agent, Mark Rogers, they're trapped again. But at least Pete Carroll was competent. Uh, This team is a disaster. This is a one-year coach. Do what Arizona did, upgrade. Sometimes you just got to own it, look in the mirror and say, we took a big swing, we whiffed. <laughs> All right, you know, it's, it's, it's smart, it's well-researched. Uh, I like some of the football lingo he used, but you know, something about manipulate coverages or unique motion. Um, I found myself a little distracted, Kaiser Soze style, in the pictures behind him. They seem to be some of them personal, some of them professional, but it's tasteful and everything. Remember, the three categories are delivery, creativity, and heat. The delivery was solid. It was nothing demonstrative, nothing terribly entertaining, but he wasn't doing that. He was just locked in. The creativity, not that much. The heat is that this team is a disaster. They're two and two. (laughs) They're two and two. They were just two and one. They lost a close game to a Raiders team that was, you know, itching for a win. I don't know if it's a disaster. They haven't looked good. The Javante Williams injury sucks. It's horrible. But like, Russ is hitting deep balls, the Judy and, and Sutton and <coughs> some of the other guys. I, I think that the heat factor of it is calling them a disaster. And I did like the history lesson, the Paul Hackett history lesson, because those those days at USC are not well thought of. But um, man, it's interesting about people are just ready to jump on it. And the, the media coverage of the Broncos is, is I think, enlightening because Nathaniel Hackett is really well liked and he is very media friendly and he is a good guy you know in terms of his his sound bites and whatnot so everyone's kind of loath to attack him whereas if you take somebody like Joe Judge who's icy and standoffish last year 
the knives are out. And that's a different approach. So people are loath to come around and go after Hackett, but I, I could talk about this all day. I, you know what? Colin's got nine, eight, and eight power. This is a five. It's just, it's, it's not terribly creative. It's solid delivery. It's got some heat by saying a two and two team is a disaster and right in the mix of things. Like they're one game out of first place, right? The Chiefs are three and one. So that's the heating up at a five. It's, it, and I say that out of respect for Colin because he, he's a home run hitter and we'll get there when the season gets a little further down. We will get there with him. But in the meantime, all Michael Irvin has to do is just sit up, stand in there, take a pitch or two, and then just hit a double, get a six, and he wins. Let's find out. He's on ESPN's First Take program, which I'm sure you watch and have, have watched for years. And he wants to talk about, you won't believe this, the suddenly red-hot Cooper Rush Dallas Cowboys. Go ahead, Irv. And I want to give some special love to Jason Peters. I, he's the come suit. over and solidified this offensive line. An eagle. <coughs> and an eagle. Every time I say it, an eagle coming over to help the Cowboys, I start choking on it. I can barely cough. But an eagle have come over has come over and landed over here with the Cowboys and has solidified this thing in a great way. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It should be an inspiration to America that the team that represents America will not let them down. This is what I want to do. I want want America to stand up and be accounted for and appreciate the team that represents them, that we represent you well. We stand for what you stand for. We believe in what you believe. And every time the chips are down, we come through because that's what America would do. And the Cowboys, we want to make sure that we are true. The star, that's why it's on the flag and on the helmet, because we are one. America and the Dallas Cowboys together forever. Now, that's what I'm talking about, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. But that's, what is he talking about? (laughs) He just said twice, that's what I'm talking about, but I don't really actually follow what he is talking about. He started, all right, (laughs) that's a lot. And I say this, like, I've worked with Irv several times, and I bring that up just to know, like, I'm familiar. That's a colleague of mine. He started off strong. I, here's why I like the coughing bit. The thing where he was saying, where he was trying to say up the Eagles, but he couldn't say their names, so he was choking. The way Irv does television, he might actually choke. Just in a, in a given segment. He might have a physical episode. So, I mean, I believe First Take is live, so he might actually have a moment where he starts coughing and choking and is getting caught up just based on his own energy or his own esophagus. Like, he gets worked up into a fervor, which I appreciate. So I hadn't seen that, and my initial thought when I see him starting, going, <coughs> I'm like, oh, no. Somebody get Irv a, a lozenge or J.J. Watt defibrillator. Like, give him something. And then he calms down, and then it's just all funnels down to the Cowboys. W- what you want is, hey, Irv. Should Cooper Rush continue as starter for a few more weeks, you know, or indefinitely? But instead, it's just like something about what represents America. And then I'm like, wait, is he talking about the Eagles? Because they're an eagle and it's like their symbol of democracy. No, he's on the Cowboys. And then you just, it's its really well directed. Because you have the, the cutaways to Stephen A, who is at a billion out of a ten ham level. And then you go to the cutaways to Orlovsky who is doing the sort of, like, bemused schoolboy thing, like, wow, this guy's crazy, and I grew up watching him play for the Cowboys, which I usually play that role when I'm in the segment with Irv. So that was that was really good. Um, up to, uh-oh, shoot, Brooks calling. I'm going to have to do the mid-show text. That's not good. But until then, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait till the next segment when Sam Pepper's delivering one of his headlines. I'm going to pretend like I'm paying attention to it, but I'm going to be texting Brooke. Until then, that was a very entertaining segment. And I give it, I give a seven. I give a seven to the Michael Irvin show featuring Dan Orlovsky and Stephen A. Smith and some sort of coughing bit and the Cowboys represent what's right about America. That's it. That's the seven. That's takes on takes. Are we going to Brant awareness now? I need to be aware of Mrs. Brant. So I'm just going to do this mid-show. It's a messy show. Um, go ahead. Let's get to Brant awareness. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Sam. How are you? Certainly you can relate to the the back-to-back call from the significant other with no text in between. Uh, My heart's a little flutter right now, but I got a text out. We'll see where this goes. Okay. I mean, the fact that you're choosing me over calling your wife means a lot to me. (laughs) It it could be a huge emergency, but you still want to be made aware of the headlines. I think that shows dedication to the show. That's the show first. Show first. Show business. Show first. Uh, Let's more importantly, uh, uh uh-oh. Can oh can you get our son? I'm taking to the dentist. So now she's writing in segment fra- fragments. Well, yeah, I can get it, Sam. We can be out of here in the next 20 minutes, right? That's when I get Let's, to school. I, I'm not even gonna follow up. I'm I'm not gonna follow up on any of my headlines. No, no, no. You follow. I'm gonna make Beethoven conduct. You follow. With due respect to picking at my son at school. Tell us more about Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. That's just my guess is what your first headline is, because I don't know. <laughs> it's a great guess. It's a great guess. Really? It's good, good of you to be aware of what you're not aware yeah. of. Uh, Patrick yeah. Mahomes put on a show on Sunday Night Football. Mahomes had three touchdowns, including some just insane mm-hmm. plays. Chiefs beat the Bucks After the game, Kelsey called Mahomes the Houdini of our era, said the NFL hasn't seen anything like him. Kyle, what did you make of Mahomes' performance? It was fantastic, and, you know, I... I still think when Mahomes is 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 in kill mode, or not even kill mode, it's almost like ballet mode. He just plays this beautiful improvisational game and out of the pocket. I still think he's really the scariest player. It, it, Josh is close, and Lamar is close, and sometimes Rodgers is. But from the first five seconds of that game, after the Bucks fumbled the kickoff, you're like, well, this is over. I don't care who the Bucks quarterback is. Mahomes was going to have one of those nights where it just feels a little bit like a, an NBA player who even in warm-ups are the first couple times down the court, like Kobe, like, well, he's getting 50 tonight. Like, try, I dare you to try to hold him to 45 points because you won't. It's one of those nights. It, it was, Mahomes still has them. It was cool that he had it in the post-Tyreek thing. The Houdini thing is fascinating. I have like a, a sort of a pocket enthusiast for Houdini and all he represented, and he's the escape artist and all that. If you ever want, like, if you're into relaxing on the weekend or having drinks or whatever anesthetizes you and you like to read weird stuff, go down um, the Harry Houdini wormhole and go to his death. All the crazy stuff that guy did. His death came about while he was just chatting up with a friend. He's lying out on a couch, Houdini does, because he's got like a busted ankle. And their friends start being like, hey, do you believe in, you know, like the Bible and God will protect you from strikes to the stomach? Which is a really strange way to start a conversation. Houdini's like, yeah, I don't think you can do it. And then this friend apparently just started wailing on him, just punching the crap out of him, like hammer fisting him in the stomach. And Houdini's like, all right, all right, dude, yeah, you made your point. Like, I, that really, really hurts. And I already got a busted ankle from whatever nonsense I tried today to put food on the table. And eventually, like, from repeated blows to the stomach, Houdini just died. So this guy who can get out of straitjackets and being drowned and all whatever he was doing, died because a friend just beat the crap out of him like you would with your friend who likes to run up the score on you on Madden. It's a really strange way to die. So I hope that's where the Houdini comparison ends and that he's more just an escape artist. I, because certainly no one has been able to land those type of body blows on, um, on Mahomes. He doesn't have a nemesis yet who, like, man, if Mahomes could just get past this guy. He just he, he, he took the, the warp right to the top. So it was a fantastic night for him. I don't want him to have any Houdini ending, and that's where the comparison is imperfect. Harry Houdini, wherever you are, shout out to you. You shouldn't have gone down like that. Pepper, agreed? I agree. Houdini deserved better. But then again, if he had died in one of his tricks, he probably wouldn't have been remembered as well as, you know, as great a Mm. uh, a magician, not musician, magician as he was. So 
Um, <laughs> all right, next up, NFC West matchup tonight on Monday Night Football. Rams 49ers, mm. Manning cast on ESPN2, of course. Mm. Um, a rematch of last year's NFC Championship. What are you expecting to see? I'm looking forward to Peyton on the Manning cast because uh, I like watching – well, I say Peyton especially because he really lives and dies with every throw. Eli is just sort of kind of there and having fun. I like watching him with the good quarterbacks, but I really – and I, I don't like watching him with, like, the, the crappy quarterbacks. I like watching him with the Jimmy Garoppolo types and sometimes the Matthew Stafford types because they're going to make bad plays tonight, a couple of them at least, and, like, that cringe on Peyton is excellent. I'm really into that. And then, I don't know, I'm into this rivalry. I am very much here for the McVay-Shanahan thing. It's it's very interesting to me. Their history back when they were in Washington together. Do you know that, like, McVay was, 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 was Shanahan's quality control assistant? And that's a fantastic dressing up of a position. And you hear that phrase. It basically means, like, you're my lackey. Like, you do this for me. You do this. And uh, McVeigh told this great story once to Schrager when he was on his Ringer podcast, Flying Coach. I think it was actually Shanahan. They, they were both on together. It was Schrager, McVeigh, and Shanahan, where there was a season where Sean McVeigh's job, amongst other jobs on game day, was his job was to laminate Shanahan's play card. Like, that was a very important thing. You better have that sucker laminated. And one day he didn't laminate it or ran out of time, and it was raining or something, and he was like, oh my God, like I'm going to be fired. Kyle's going to be so pissed because the play card is going to erode. Like it's going to break in the rain and the wind and in the, the rain. And it, I, like, I'm, I might actually be fired. I'm making, you know, 12 bucks a day as a quality assist, control assistant. So like that was the dynamic between them. Like understand that McVeigh's become this huge superstar and the Super Bowl winner and everything. He was the, 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 the play card boy for Shanahan, the laminator. That's what he's working up against. So I know they're friends and everything, and that McVeigh got him last year in the playoffs, but I still think Shanahan relishes Laminator Boy and sending him back to re-laminate this thing or get me some hot coffee and spice that thing up with some cream or something. So I like watching the two of them. Peyton watching the quarterbacks, but afterwards the embrace and whatever bro hug handshake they do, just remember, they're friends and everything, and they got the scruff, and they're kind of the cool young hot guys. Laminator boy, and he always wants to remind. And then on the other side, McVeigh's like, "Screw you! Now you laminate this. Why don't you laminate the, this uh, this Lombardi Trophy, dude?" That's what I'm here for, Sam. I, I'm, I'm with you. By the way, Manning cast guest tonight. We got Steph got- Curry, we got Jalen Hurts, we got John Hamm. So it should be a, a pretty amazing show, I would say. Um, finally, what yeah. the world needs. More, more Rob Schneider headlines. His nine-year-old daughter All right, let's says go. she thinks her she, his nine-year-old daughter says she thinks her dad is funny, but admitted that she has only seen half of one of his movies. That movie, the 2001 hit The Animal. By the way, his daughter stopped watching it because she started crying. Um, Kyle, are you surprised? No. See, we, we we're gonna we're gonna have to split hairs here when we talk about Rob Schneider movies. Rob Schneider's been in 500 things. But when like we're talking about Rob Schneider vehicles, where we're like, he's on the poster, we're gonna run with this thing. I don't think that I've seen a Rob Schneider movie. Um, like I, my favorite Rob Schneider movie that he's in, he has a really small role in Necessary Roughness, the college football movie with Sinbad and Scott Bakula and Kathy Ireland, and he's the play-by-play guy in the booth, and he's just funny and he has some one-liners and stuff. You know, the punk gets blocked, and he's like, oh, not much of a hang time on it. And when I saw that in sixth grade, I thought it was funny. So. If we're talking about Rob Schneider vehicles, you mentioned, let's just go through it. Because Pepper, yeah. I know you're jonesing to, to, to get the, give me the list of, give me the filmography in which Rob Schneider's number one on the call sheet, as they say. What do you got? Yeah, I, I looked through it. I was actually surprised because my memory, you know, I, I, I kind of remembered him being a star in more movies than this. But we got okay. 1999, we got Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. That was his coming yep. out party, if you can sure. call it that. 2001, The Animal, aforementioned. 2002, The Hot Chick. Uh, 2005, everybody was aching for it. We got Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. 2006, <laughs> Bench Warmers. And then he took a little break from starring roles. I yeah. think Bench Warmers kind of sidelined him. And he did 2010, Grown Ups, of course, because Sandler carried him yeah. along there. That's yeah. about it. That's about it. All right, remind me, the rules. animal, like, what is that? He he is an animal, and I remember in the trailer he's running be- around like a tiger. What happened? I 
you're asking the wrong guy. I, I think he gets bitten or by something, or so oh, okay. get the, maybe some. So it's kind of like a Spider-Man thing, curse. like he gets bitten and becomes I don't an know. animal. I'm making it up um, as I go. I don't know either. I, I've never seen any of those movies. I know the hot chick was like it might have been like Rachel McAdams' first movie or something. And then I know European Jiggle, but I've never seen them. Like I have never, even like in my twenties, been like, you know what, man. What should we do tonight? Like, I don't, let's just, you want to just watch Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo? I'm like, I, I've never done that. I've seen him in a lot of movies. I used to, when I was working for Jim Rome, we used to do Radio Row, and I was his producer, and sometimes Sandler would come by, and he would work the row, and he loved Rome, and sometimes he would show up with, like, with Schneider, and, like, maybe Spade was there, but, like, we can all laugh at the Rob Schneider movies. I think Rob Schneider is extremely well off. I think he like basically works with his bros and just shows up in movies and like they just hang out and mess around and like they get residuals and stuff. I think it's probably a really good life. So, and I also like, I don't know if you saw this recently, Sam, and then I gotta, I gotta wrap this up so I can go get my son. Um, I don't know if you saw what he said about SNL recently. And it was very controversial, but I respected that he actually spoke out. So do you remember, what, what did you see? It was, um, it was about the Kate McKinnon um, yeah. as Hillary, hallelujah, Leonard Cohen yep. song uh, that she she sang at the end, and how she, he was waiting for the joke, it never came, and and yeah. for people who don't abide by that politically, it was a huge turnoff. Yeah, so it was like you know um, Hillary loses the election, everyone thought she was going to win, and Trump won, and then SNL starts the next show, and it's just Kate McKinnon as Hillary playing Hallelujah, and it's just like earnest and everything, and he says he's watching it, and he's saying. Oh my God, please let there be a joke. Please let there be a joke. Please. And, and then there was no joke. And he's like, oh my God, it's over. The show is over. Now, never mind what you think of that. It's not a political thing. But I, I respected that he, like, he had a take about Lorne Michaels and SNL. And he's like, listen, that, I thought that, movie, that, that moment sucked. And I thought the show hasn't been the same since. If you feel like, well, he should shut up because SNL build him, fine. I don't care. You just don't see people say things that are bold like that sometimes. I, I, politically, I don't really give a crap where it goes with that. But that was, he, like, Schneider popped recently because he had an opinion and, like, how dare anybody talk negatively about Lorne Michaels and his empire that he's built. I respect it at least that he did that. Uh, Sam, are we aware of everything? Is that it? We are. J- just real quick, um, it was a yeah. deranged scientist put animal organs after he had this huge car accident in his body and uh, suddenly his animal instincts uh, take over, uh, you know, and that's really what happens. I just really wanted to keep you truly aware of everything, including the plot of the animal from 2000. Rob Schneider character gets yep. in a car accident. Sounds horrible, yep. and he needs he wants to, he, he wants like to be a cop. Or yes. All right, he yep. wants to be a cop. And then so the doc, some crazy doctor, puts like a zebra's liver inside of him yep. or something, and then he becomes yeah. An and then energized by his new parts, Marvin leaves his weaknesses behind, achieves instant fame as a super cop. But now a hero, life is going great for Marvin until his animal instincts take over his body at all the wrong times. All right, we're, read me a couple of the names below his. Like, who else, who, what other name is in this movie? Who's the female? There's oh, got to be a female. Stand by, stand by, stand by. Is it Brittany Daniel? Who is it? Pompka <laughs> Johnson? I'm getting there. <laughs> who is uh, it? Colleen Haskell. Don't uh, know her? Uh, oh God, it's rough out here. No, nobody Guy else. Tor- it's not like Robert Guy Tory. Shows up as the- Oh, Ed, As- Ed Asner's in it. Ed Asner. Um, Ed Asner. Robert- yeah, that's your Robert Loja. Uh, instead of Robert Loja, we got Ed As- Asner. <laughs> All right. If you don't know Ed Asner, he's been in a million things. Best. He it's, it's he's a uh, Santa Claus and an elf. Like anyway, uh, Pepper. That was that was a great brand awareness. Um, we should get Snyder on the show. I don't know if he'll do it. Who knows? But. Uh, his daughter's got some takes, and I respect it. My, my, I have an almost nine-year-old. She couldn't get through one episode of Copperhead's Basement, so who cares? And you know why? It's because she's waiting for me to pick her up. Uh, that's it. We gotta, we gotta end. Hold on with the darts. Let's go to Skycam for a second. Uh, if you know the show, we didn't get to do it in London because I didn't bring my dartboard. But we end all our domestically based shows with a, a dart throw, and uh, whatever number I hit on the dartboard, the corresponding random topic that the staff made up, I will just answer as I go over on the Peloton. Uh, so here we go. Here's the number. Guys, it's going to be target. My, I'm going to aim for 14. Let's see what I hit. I get... Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a 20. That's 20. It's the last one. 20. Topic number 20 is what? Largest animal I could take in a fight. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go to the thing right here. 
What is the largest animal I could take in a fight? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, in 2021, I spent several weeks in Australia. And um, when I got there, you're, you know, a dumbass American tourist. You're just like, take me to the kangaroos. I want to see kangaroos and boomerangs and koalas and Paul Hogan. And the locals kind of roll their eyes and they call them the ruse. And so um, I didn't see, I was, you know, I was in Sydney. They don't have them hopping down the streets in Sydney. You got to go out to the woods or the trees or anything. And um, the woods or the trees, sophisticated. So finally I went out to something that's like their wine country outside of Sydney. And they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And the locals hate them because a lot, they're not smart. They're large and they're not smart. And a lot of times they jump in the road and they'll get hit by cars, which obviously kills them and messes up the car and cars ca causes car accidents. But as I'm looking at the kangaroos, and you could be in your hotel room and like look out on the front lawn of whatever hotel you're at and like there's just a kangaroo jumping and they're big. They're not small. So as I'm looking at them, all I'm thinking about is, you know, childhood cartoonish memories of kangaroos with boxing gloves. Or I think I used to have like a little wind-up toy where the kangaroo with boxing gloves would punch and then do a backflip. And I'm like, could I take one of them in a boxing match? I think so, probably. The problem is they don't box. They'll sit up there on their tail and then they'll do the double kick, like Starman on the pro wrestling Nintendo game. So most of the ones I saw, I, I think I would probably get too nervous. They could probably beat me. You know what the largest animal is I could beat in a fight? Rob Schneider, who starred in the film The Animal. And I love you, Rob. I never want to fight you. I've watched a lot of your performances and contributing roles, and you can do it, all that stuff. I would never want to beat you in a fight, but I'm pretty sure I could take you. That's why I'm getting my cardio in, in case I ever have to fight Rob Schneider. Guys, that's it. It's been a hell of a show. Uh, Josh Allen, Tuesday, tomorrow. He'll be here. We'll talk all about last week's game, next week's game, and we'll have his review of the Bill Murray Time Loop Classic Groundhog Day. You don't want to miss it. That's Kyle Brand's basement. i got to go pick up my kid right now. See you later. Love you.